0: Welcome to the Harmony Church podcast. For more information on service times, any upcoming events, or joining a life group, please check out our website, HarmonyChurch.nz. We really hope this week's podcast blesses you. Uh, so, welcome everyone here. <laughs> especially if I, anyway, um, especially our friends from Grace Vineyard. It's really awesome to have you guys here. It's a real honour. Um, So yeah, it's really cool to have everyone here for our first service of 2020. And there's a lot of exciting things happening here at Harmony, as Gideon shared a bit before. And so I wanted to take this opportunity as the first service of the year to share a little bit about Harmony's history, because some people may not even know how long Harmony's been running. And just really also to give everyone an opportunity to be a part of, of what we're going to be doing in this next season, as Gideon spoke about before. And so for those that don't know, Harmony Church was planted 11 years ago by our senior pastors, Catherine and Gideon Hookendike. They initially met at their house for close close to a year in a sort of life group setting, but they called it the Barbecue Club before finally planting Harmony Church in 2009. And the church itself grew slowly and steadily, Uh, but with the church having to be set up every Sunday in Oakland's primary school and then packed down on the Sunday, as well as all church operations functioning during the week out of the Hook and Dyke household, uh, there became a bit of pressure but also expectation for God to really open a door for us to be able to move into a building where we could establish ourselves as a thriving church in the city. And there was one service where Gideon was preaching and he was just sharing, and then uh, a man on leadership named Daryl in our church uh, made his way to the front and asked Gideon if he could share a word in the middle of his message. And that, w- that was as out of place then as it would be now. And uh, Gideon just like looked at him a bit like, "Like I'm, I'm, I'm halfway through my message, man. Uh, but even more interesting, that Daryl didn't even use any words. He just came up with one hand on his stomach, just really communicating that he felt like God had spoken something to him, and he really felt to share it. And so Gideon graciously, and also I know Gideon has a lot of trust for Daryl and his faith in God and his ability to hear God's voice and and walk that out. And so he graciously gave him the microphone and and let him share, and Daryl, Shared under like a real intense, like you could see he was carrying something heavy. And he just shared how he really felt like God had had spoken to him, but in a different language. And for those who haven't uh, understood too much about the Bible, uh, it says in many places, but specifically in Acts chapter 2, that when the the Holy Spirit, which is the Spirit of God, comes upon people, they gain an ability to be able to speak in other languages. And so Daryl had faith that God had spoken to him in a language which he didn't understand, which is pretty radical. And so he shares uh, a few, like several syllables to him. He didn't really know what was a word and what wasn't. And then uh, it was Johnny Clark, who is another person on leadership in our church, who's uh, he's not his mum's Thai, but he's Thai ethnicity. And he recognised two of the words which were said were Thai from me. It was two Thai and one was Japanese. And it basically meant, uh, I have a new house for you. I have a new place for you. And so we as a church were super encouraged by that. One, by Daryl's like, willingness to step out in such great faith like that. But two, just God just showing up and confirming that, that he's got somewhere new for us. And so it's really exciting when, when God speaks in such a way like that because uh, it really encourages, it, c- encourages you that that thing is going to come to pass. It may not be easy, but there's hope for it to come to pass. So it was a couple more years before we actually found this place and moved in. Um, but we had our first uh, Heart for the House Sunday uh, before we moved in here to be able to raise funds, to be able to turn this from what was a warehouse Into a fully structurally safe church. And so uh, the first half of the hour Sunday wasn't half of the hour Sunday, it was actually Honeypot Sunday. And here's a picture of Gideon preaching on Honeypot Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) Just love the little pouch. And so. Mid-July 2016, we actually moved into here, into this building. But around that time, we really had faith that God wanted to establish us as a thriving church in the city. It started to spark a a bit more of a growth than we had seen before as a church. And Gus shared uh, earlier this year that we as a church have grown since 2012 at a rate of 20%, both people and financially. And so this real vision which Gideon casted of, of, of us becoming a thriving church and growing and needing to get our own space really inspired people to come on board with that. And so we moved in here in mid-July 2016, and then a year and a half later in 2018, we started a night service, and with the same heart for what we're doing in the morning service, going to two services, uh, we really felt there was a need to make room for more, make room for those people who work on a Sunday morning, and also those who sleep on a Sunday morning. And so we started the night service in 2018, and since then we've been able to establish ourselves as a growing and thriving night service in this city. But in February next month, as Gideon alluded to, we're going to have one of the biggest changes our church has seen. And I personally believe it is the biggest change our church has seen, because for the last 11 years, the 10am service has been the core of Harmony Church, and for nine, nine and a half years of that, they, it was the only thing of Harmony Church. And we are asking the entire congregation to change. They can show up at 10 o'clock, but no one's going to show up at 10 o'clock. We're asking every single person in that congregation to go to a different service. And so it's going to be one of the biggest, in my opinion, the biggest change that Harmony Church has been through since initially planting. And so we're getting showed the slide before, we'll just throw it back up. Um, But hands up if you're here at Harmony and you've been... Not that one. (laughs) Uh, Hands up if you've been to Harmony more than once, a few times, maybe you call it your home church or maybe you're still just checking it out but you've never been to a morning service. Anyone who's been to Harmony, been to the night service more than a few times but haven't been to the morning service. That's cool. Well, I really encourage you guys to uh, make the effort and if not before February 16th to visit the morning service Uh, because from the February 16th onwards, the 10 a.m. morning service is not gonna exist. And kind of like those who had the privilege of being at Oakland's primary school uh, while we were there as Harmony Church, uh, the 10 a.m. service is going to be something that people will refer to, but only those who actually went there will know about it. And so I encourage you, if you haven't been to a 10 a.m. service, to to make an effort to get there uh, before it is no more. Um, But... uh, If you wanted to directly serve and be a part of that, then we really encourage you, you're welcome to be a part of either the 9.15 or the 11.15 and start serving there. Uh, You can just speak to myself or email serving at harmony.org.nz. But for the majority of you who are either already serving or call night service your home and don't feel to move to a morning service, then the question is, what does it look like for us as a night service to partner with what God is doing through our church at this time? to be a support and encouragement towards the launch of our third service and to partner with what we believe God is doing through our church at this time, which is making room for more. Because even though the 515 service won't necessarily be affected as drastically as the morning service, we are still one church. So this is something we want to do together as much as practical. That's one of the reasons why we intentionally launched it as a third service and not just a second morning service because we want to communicate that team, that family, that whole feel. And one thing to note, uh, obviously uh, you may have picked up a bit, but Gideon, um, he thinks very big. And actually, when we moved in here in 2016, during the brainstorming for what we would do for that first service, Gideon genuinely put it out there that we would hire a plane that would fly around the city and say that Harmony Church has its new service, 10am, 220 Antigua Street. So he thinks very big, and as he he shared, uh, I thought we could do it for your birthday one year, but... um, (laughs) Uh, he's printed 20,000 invites, and so we're really going to follow that vision, and we're going we're to plant those invites, we're going to prayer walk the streets, and we're going to invite people who, who aren't going to church, people who don't know Jesus as their Lord and Saviour, maybe people who have have been discouraged or disappointed at some point in their life, but as the slide says, are you uh, keen for a fresh start, I think it says, not keen though, but... Um, Uh, we're going to invite them. And something you'll notice when we hand out the forms next week, it doesn't actually say what service is the new service. So for 20,000 people in the city, the 5.15 p.m. service could be the new service. And so it's every likely that we could get three times the amount of visitors from February 16 onwards than even the morning service. So I really encourage you that even though the morning service is splitting, we're very much a part of this process. And the 16th is going to be a shift for us as well. But what I want to talk about tonight is what I said before. What does it look like for us as a night service to partner with what God is doing through our church at this time to be a support and encouragement towards the launch of a third service and to partner with the word of making room for more. So when you were young, like around five or six, and you had a problem, you were confused or you were hurt, who did you generally go to for support? Who did you look to? You, yeah, you said Mum. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Same person some people still go to, Catherine said. And so you you generally go to a grown-up. Maybe if you're at school, you you look to a teacher. You go to someone who is grown-up. And grown-ups can can provide support and encouragement in ways that a candy-eating world revolving around self-four-year-old can't. And one thing, a phrase that we've said uh, here quite often, and Catherine says it slightly differently... Uh, but in this life, you either, you, either, uh, you either grow up or you simply get older. You either grow up and mature and you actually process the disappointments that everyone faces, or you don't. You just medicate, you ignore, and you simply get older. And everyone knows what it's like to bump into someone, depending on how old you are, after five or ten years, and they're still just the same person doing the same thing, and they haven't actually grown up. They've just gotten older. And I want to propose that there's an invitation for us as a night service and as a church to grow up in this season. If you're looking at the morning service as siblings to the evening service, that would make us the middle child, by the way, which is the forgotten child. (laughs) Thanks. Speaking from personal experience. (laughs) Thank you. If you look <laughs> at the morning service as siblings to the evening service, when one sibling is going through a lot of change and a lot of challenge, the best thing the other sibling can do is actually grow up and actually start to encourage the other sibling, actually start to do well in life so that they can pour into and support the other sibling. And so I'd like to propose that the best way for us to support and encourage and to participate with what God is doing in the life of our church is to continue to grow up in God's purposes for us individually in our personal lives, but also corporately as a growing and life-giving church in the city. We can't do the same thing as the morning service. We can't uh, start a second night service. That's not our time. We can double, but we can't. We can't do the exact same thing, but we can go after the same thing the morning service is going after, and that is making room for more. There are thousands of people in the city who are not in life-giving relationship with God or their community, and we believe God is inviting us as a church to make room for more in our hearts and in our lives. And that's what I want to talk about. How can we grow up in a way that makes room for what God wants to do in our lives? We as a church believe that this is going to be a decade of evangelism. That's a word that's been released over the church globally, that this is going to be a decade of evangelism. A decade of people coming to know they have a heavenly purpose in Christ. A decade of people moving out of spiritual and relational isolation and into life-giving relationship with their creator and their community around them. A decade of people moving away from self-focused pursuits and instead choosing to be a part of the bigger picture and serve others selflessly. We believe this is the beginning of a decade of evangelism, of people coming to know that there is a God that loves them even when it feels like no one else does. A decade of people being born again, coming alive in their God-given purposes instead of conforming to the expectations of others. And I grew up with such a crippling fear about what other people thought about me. And I honestly believe I have a strong case for being one of the most insecure people, teenagers growing up in New Zealand. But the day I made a decision to follow Jesus, the day I made a decision to lay down my life and pick up the one he gave me was the first real decision I had made from my heart. It was the first real decision influenced by God and not the unhealthy expectations I'd been living under my whole life. And that's what we're believing for. And we as a church believe that this is going to be a decade of people stepping stepping out of their oppressive, isolating, and eventually destructive expectations of others and stepping into their God-given, created, and designed purposes that will in turn allow them to come alive unlike ever before. And here are some verses that I believe that are going to be at the centre of this season. This first verse just speaks purely about purpose. 2 Corinthians 5.15 And he died for all that who that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but him who died for them and was raised again. And he died for all that, speaking about Jesus, and he died for all. That doesn't mean he died for Christians. He died for every single person so that anyone who chooses to place their trust and faith in him shall shall have their sins forgiven, their past erased. They'll become a born again, new creation and pick up a new life in Jesus's name. So he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves and those that live are not those who eat and breathe, but those who have made that decision to follow Jesus and pick up that life. He said that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but him who died for them and was raised again, that is Jesus. We're called to live for Jesus. But I wanna ask you the question, how do you know if you're living your life for Jesus? How do you know if you're living your life for Jesus? I just wanna make it really clear that I'm not speaking about how do you know if you're saved or not? That's a different deal. Uh, the Bible makes it really clear in Romans 10:9 that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, then you shall be saved. But, but. Many people in this room will understand that that's a process you've got to walk out, that you wake up the next day and you're still a human being on earth. You just have a new spiritual reality. And so there's a process where we get to make daily decisions of what it looks like for us to live our life for Jesus. But I want to ask that question, how do you know if you're living your life for Jesus? I'd like to propose that you know you're living your life for Jesus when there is a direct connection and conviction between your life pursuits and your heavenly purpose. I'd like to propose you're living your life for Jesus when there is a direct connection when your life between your life pursuits, the things that you're going after, and a conviction between that your life pursuits and your heavenly purposes, the things that you are created for. We have an amazing couple in this church called Samuel and Amy Nimmo, and they've been really brave, and they've stepped out and opened a cafe just around the corner on 4 Walker Street called Allie and Sid, 7 to 3 p.m. Monday to Friday, 8 to 3 p.m., <laughs> On Saturday, and they've made this decision, and it's really brought together their, their heavenly purpose, the thing that I felt like God's created them to do. And, and their life, they're the thing that they're sowing their life into, they're putting six days a week into this, and at this stage, volunteering a lot of their time. And so, one, I encourage you to get along. Uh, but two, uh, I want to really highlight them as, as a couple in our church who are really pursuing this. They've really brought that connection and conviction between their life's pursuit and their heavenly purpose. And uh, Sam shared a cool testimony at night service towards the end of last year just about a woman who came in and brought a coffee and she said how she'd have been having reoccurring migraines and he just gave her the coffee and said to her, be healed in Jesus' name. And she came in a few days later and just said how she hadn't had it, the migraine left after he prayed that and she hadn't had a migraine come back after that. And that's because they have, they have brought that conviction and connection between what they do and what they believe they have been created for. I believe you know you're living a life for Jesus when there's a direct connection and conviction between your life pursuits and your heavenly purpose. You can see it and you can feel it. 2 Corinthians 5.15 speaks about our purpose and the verses following paint an even clearer picture of what it looks like. And these verses are are fast becoming some of the most influential verses in my life because it paints such a clear picture of my identity as a new creation and my purpose to bring reconciliation here on earth. So verses 17 to 20. "'Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, "'the new creation has come, the old is gone, "'the new is here.'" All this is from God, that means it's His idea, who reconciled us to Himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to Himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against Him, and He has committed, He has given to us the message of reconciliation, the purpose of reconciling others to Him. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as as though God were making His appeal through us, and we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. If you, want to, if you want to talk about what it looks like to partner with what God is doing in our church at this time, what it looks like to make room for more than the Scripture paints a very clear picture. It paints a very clear picture of what it is to pick up your heavenly purpose and pursue what God has created you to do. We believe this is gonna be a decade of evangelism, of people coming out of isolating and oppressive environments and walking walking away from unhealthy worldly expectations and into life-giving relationship with God and the community around them. And every person here, including myself, is invited to grow up into that by bringing conviction and connection between the things you're pursuing in this life and the purposes that God has for you. That's what it looks like to grow up. That's what it looks like to be a support and encouragement to what God is doing here at Harmony and our city. It is to bring a greater connection and conviction between your heavenly purpose and your life's pursuit. I want to finish on this point. There was a a woman called Bonnie Weir, and she worked as a palliative nurse. And for those who aren't married to a nurse and know what that means, palliative means you basically look after those who are dying. They're expected to die in a day, a week, a month, but pretty soon. And so she was a nurse who would nurse these people, and she would take lots of time to ask them questions about their lives. And one of the things she kept asking them was like, what was one thing like you regretted about your life? And she wrote a book uh, called The Five Regrets of the Dying. And the the one most common regret which she uh, she she realised they kept communicate communicating was I wish I had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. And like I shared before, when I became a Christian, that was the first real decision that came from my heart. There was the first real decision that came from, uh, as she said. Uh, that was true to myself. That was the first decision that I, that I made for me almost regardless of everyone else's expectations around me. And that's very much what we as a church is, are believing for as people beginning to make those decisions, bringing that alignment between what they're created for and what they're living after, living for And so we just want to give an opportunity before we close the service in the same way that I made that decision when I was 21. We want to give an opportunity if you're here and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, that you haven't made a decision to follow Him with your life, then we want to give you that opportunity. Or if you're here and maybe you made some sort of decision at some point in your life, but you've sort of walked away from that and you've sort of begun to, to do your own thing, but you've realised that you actually have a purpose in Him, and you're invited to partner with that with your entire life, then I wanna give you that opportunity. So if you're comfortable in this room, just to close your eyes and bow your heads, I'm just gonna give you that invitation. And if if that's either of you, either of those two things, on the count of three, I'm gonna invite you to raise your hands. So one, if you've never made Jesus your Lord and Saviour, you've never made that decision to, to follow Him with your whole life, but you're starting to feel maybe during the worship or as I shared, something came alive inside of you that there is a purpose for you in this life that you have not known before, and it is found in following your creator, Jesus. Or maybe if you're here and then you've made some sort of decision at one point or other in your life, but you've realised you've sort of gone your own way, you've made your own decisions, you've done your own thing and you've realised that just really hasn't worked out as well as you believe you've been created your life to live. And you want to make that decision to make Jesus your Lord and Saviour, then we want to give you that opportunity. And so three, if that's you, either of those two things, I want to invite you in this moment just to raise your hand. Just nice and I, I'm going to see it, bless it, and you can put it back down. God bless you, I see that hand up front. If there's anyone else here who would like to make that decision tonight, you want to say, I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I want to learn what it is to follow Him, to know Him, to discover my purpose in Him. Then I want to invite you to raise your hand in this moment. I'm going to see it, bless it, you can put it down. God bless you, I see that hand. I just want to give another moment. If there's anyone else here you want to make that decision that same decision I made to leave everything of who I was not behind and pick up the life that Jesus had created for me and given to me if you want to make that decision I encourage you to raise your hand in this moment thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus okay well we're just going to pray this prayer together as a church Uh, It's really awesome for you you two to make that decision tonight, but we just really want to join and support you in that. And so we're just going to say a prayer together. I'm going to speak it out and then you guys can repeat it after me. And there's no magic in the words, but there's power in that heart alignment with God. And so as we speak these things out, I encourage you to put your heart behind it. Dear Jesus, Jesus. I recognize you as the creator of my life. I recognise I've been created for a divine purpose. Today I choose to turn from going my own way and I choose to follow you. Today I choose to invite you into my heart to make you Lord and Saviour of my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Teach me to understand and value this. I choose to trust you and follow you with my whole life. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Why don't we celebrate these guys? That's amazing. Honestly, I know it's trippy when you make that decision. I mean, when I first walked out of church, it just was like I just came off a bit of a a drug trip. And so just roll with it. But we have some people who would love to really encourage you and support you at this time. So if you responded during that time, someone's gonna come up to you after the service and I'd love to just pray with you, give you a Bible and encourage you. But if everyone would be willing to stand to their feet just as we close the service tonight, I'd love to ask you, who do you have to become to be a part of this decade of evangelism. Who do you have to become to be a part of this decade of evangelism, to make room for more in your heart and in your life? What does it look like for you? Who do you have to become to bring alignment between your purpose and your pursuit? We're gonna have a brief time of response. We're gonna sing a part of this song. But I believe regardless of your answer to that, that it begins with surrender. That regardless of what your specific answer is to pursuing the the heavenly purpose on your life, that it starts with a surrendered heart to Him. And so as we sing this, I really encourage you to just place your heart out before God. And you're welcome to respond by coming to the front or standing the aisle, whatever that looks like for you. But I encourage you that as you step out tonight in faith, that as you make that decision in your heart to to grow into who God's wanting you to be, to be a part of transforming the city and the lives of those in it, that as you step into a, a new level of relationship with your creator, that your life is gonna be better than ever.